Okay, good morning everyone. Afrelich and the Zoyis Hanukkah are getting together this morning for the last and final day of Hanukkah, Tavshin, Pei, Gimel, and we know Hakol everything comes down to the end. The matter is determined by how it's finished, and let's finish Hanukkah together with going weiter in Derech Hashem, where you're coming to you live from the Somerton Community Kaidal of Somerton, Philadelphia. A beautiful Monday morning, and we begin a new parak of the fourth and final section of Derech Hashem. And how appropriate that we're beginning Perikei, which is about tefillah, on the topic of tefillah of davening. And what more do we put a focus on during Hanukkah, the Yimei Hanukkah, if not tefillah, if not davening? The Gemara tells us, the Rambam, Shulchan Aruch, tells us that the whole nature of the holiday of Hanukkah was structured to give thanks, to give praise to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to daven to the Rebbein Shalom, to acknowledge the miracles that he's performed, and... On today, the final day of Hanukkah, we begin the Ramchal's discussion of tefillah, of davening, what davening is all about. Now, as a very brief word of preface before we begin this parake, which is on the topic of tefillah. Tefillah, we mentioned in the past, has a specific meaning, a specific translation, and a general translation also. Generally, well, specifically, tefillah means shmona esrei. When we see the word tefillah, tefillah, which is translated as prayer, when it's taken in a specific sense, it means dafka specifically, shmona esrei. Sometimes tefillah can be loose, used loosely to refer to the, the whole um, service from beginning to end, uh, beginning with, with brachas, the morning blessings, and culminating with the shir shalyom of shachris, the song of the day. So sometimes that can also mean tefillah. Colloquially, when we say davening tefillah, we generally mean the whole thing, the whole Kabudal, the whole shachris we call tefillah, the whole mincha, the Chazal use the word tefillah generally. When you see tefillah in the Gemara, tefillah refers to Shemona Esrei. That is the, the focal point of tefillah. That, that's the, the, uh, the, the peak. The, 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 uh, the climax of tefillah is there. The Shemona Esrei, that's what all tefillah comes down to. So the Ramchal is going to be discussing tefillah. What's he going to be discussing over here? Shemona Esrei specifically, or the, the, the full prayer service from beginning to end generally. So he's going to be focusing on both. He's going to be telling us what tefillah is about. The, the Shemon Esrei prayer itself. He's going to be talking about shachars from beginning to end, mincha from beginning to end. He's going to be covering both. Okay? But um, we're going to have to keep in mind as we go through this and try to keep track as the Ramchal right now talking about Shemon Esrei. Specifically, is he talking about shachars generally? Um, that, that if we use that as our guideline, it'll help us out in understanding what he's doing by paragraph by paragraph over here, um, section by section over the parak, uh, the chapter five, Perikei over here, and with that let us begin. Perikei, Chelek Dal Perikei, Seven Aleph, Dalet Hei Aleph, Batfilo, says Rebbe Chal, on the topic of davening, of prayer, on the topic of prayer. Aleph, Inyan HaTfilahu, what is prayer all about? What's up with prayer? What's the, what's the point of prayer? What's the purpose of prayer? And maybe, and maybe, just maybe, what's the power of prayer? What are we doing when we pray? What's praying all about? And you think about it, this really needs... What's the matter? Okay, well, that would make a, that, that's a one-word answer, which would make this a rather short um, discussion. The Ramchal is going to give us five paragraphs. So let's see what the Ramchal, uh, what the Ramchal has to say, okay? Hold that thought. 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 Um, well, we'll see. Well, let's, let's see. Well, let's see how the Ramchal is going to build and expand, and we'll see some very interesting ideas over here. Um, but, but... Um, Prayer, you know, as Ramesha, okay, Ramesha is telling us prayer is about asking. And if it's about asking, then, you know, if it's only about asking and all about asking, 
then first of all, maybe it should be optional. You know, I'll decide if I have anything to ask for for today. Uh, how often do we ask Santa for things? Once a year. Once a year? That's right, once a year. Yes, right? Every so day. every single day I have to ask God for things three times a day. If you think about it, you know, life is a Jew. If you think about it, it's not a simple life. You know, there's so many things that we have to do that the guy have no idea what, what goes on in the life of a Jew. You know, you're a guy, you can wake up. How long does it take you to get dressed and, wait and, and, and warm up the car? So 15 minutes. So, you know, subtract that from the amount of time that you have to leave for work. And that's when you wake up in the morning. So breakfast, you'll, you'll grab something from... Uh, from Dunkin' Donuts to Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru on, 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 on the go, right? So if you're a yid, you can't do any of that, right? You can't do any of that. You can't just wake up 15 minutes before you have to leave for work with it. You know, it takes me 10 minutes to get dressed, 5 minutes to warm up the car. And I'll have my, I can wake up 10 minutes before because I'll have my wife warm up the car while I'm getting dressed, right? So I'll send her out of bed to go warm the car up while I'm getting dressed. And uh, that's it. And, and then I grab my breakfast to go from, from uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Where else, can you, where else do they have the drive throughs What's going to get breakfast? Hardee's? Seven. Wendy's? I don't think there's a Hardee's. Wawa. Wawa. Get a Wawa Sizzly, right? On the way. Perfect breakfast. Get the Wawa Sizzly. Um, 99 cents. Right with a free coffee. How long ago? Anyway, so if you're a yid, if you're a yid, Rabbi Zai, you can't do any of this stuff. One second. One second. Wake up. Ten minutes before I have to leave. You know, I got to dive in. I have to do Neglvasser. I have to put on Tvilin. I have to put on Talis to say, Birchaz HaShachar. I have to say, Shacharis. You know, Daf Yoimi. That's right. I have to come for Daf Yoimi. The Ayraisa Amad Yoimi program. All kinds of things I got to do before I leave the house. And then breakfast too. You know, I can't, if you're from Jew, you can't go through the Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru and grab your breakfast over there. You can't go to Wawa and get your sizzly. You can't go to Hardee's and get the, the, uh, the, the, the Hardy Supreme. No, why, why is that? There's probably a Hardee's in Denver. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, you, can't, you can't do that in Savannah that they have Hardee's. Yes, otherwise you wouldn't have known about Hardee's. Anyway, I see the commercials. So um, then they must have them here. They wouldn't be airing Hardee's commercials in Philadelphia. Anyway, anyway, so here a yid, you know, life is very complicated. You think about it. Like we have to spend a lot of extra time during the day doing just like Jewish things, doing Jewish things, right? Arthur, am I right? Yeah. You come back from mincha, come back from myriv. Said before you go to sleep at night, say kriya shema. All kinds of things you got to do that are Jewish things, and, and that's what, aside from the you know, eating has to be different. You know, have to, can't just grab things from from the uh, you know um, from the um, the White Castle. You know, or um, any any of the other so convenient. You go to a rest stop. You're a, a you know, go. You go to a rest stop while you're filling up. You get lunch there at the at, at, at the rest stop. You, you can never do any of these things, right? When we take a road trip in the summer, half of the van is food, half of the van is kids, and half of the van is food. We try not to get them mixed up. But half of the van, half of the van is is, is food. You got to take all your food with you. So you're a yid. Life is very very complicated. And, and uh, you spend a lot of time doing Jewish things. And we have to understand, you know, tefillah. This is on the top of tefillah. Why are we spending so much time every single day davening? If it's just to ask for things, so it should be up to me. Today I have nothing to ask for. So today, you know, I'm going to sleep in. Today I'm going to wake up 10 minutes before I go. I have nothing to ask for today. Baruch Hashem, wake up. I'm healthy. I have, uh, I have a, a, a car in the, on, in, in the driveway. I have food in the pantry. So what is davening all about? Why is it? Why is it? That's the unspoken question that has to be addressed over here. Why do Jews spend so much time during the, of the day, every single day, day, davening, so, you know, it's intrusive, it's disruptive, it's something that, you know, changes my whole approach to life, my whole lifestyle. Why? So says the Ramchal, 
From the systems that HaKadosh Baruch Hu put into the Bria are for <coughs> Hashem's creations, that which Hashem has put into existence, for them to be receiving Hashem's beneficence, Hashem's energy, Hashem's shefa, Hashem's iris, for them to be receiving life. Constantly, constantly. And as we know, we've already established that life is not something that continues on its own. Shefa is not something that is like a, a faucet that's been turned on, that until Hashem turns it off, we're just receiving life. No, it's something that every nanosecond, every fraction of a nanosecond, Hashem is constantly deciding to give, and constantly deciding to give, and constantly deciding to give. Not something that Hashem turns on, which is on until further notice. So for the breeze, for everything in creation to continue to receive life, basic, bare life, and everything above that, Tzarech, what do we need in order to make ourselves worthy of receiving from Hashem. So listen carefully. We have to be awakened, aroused towards God. We have to be close to God. We have to approach God. And we have to seek, we have to request. Ask for our needs. We have to look for Him. To look for God. We have to seek the face of God. Ramchal just gave us three ideas which are ultimately going to define what davening is all about. These three items are going to be what defines and delineates tefillah for us. And to understand what davening is really about is going to come down to understanding well these three items. Okay, let's just... Move on for a moment. It's a short paragraph. We're going to come back to these three ideas. But he just gave us a basic definition of tefillah. Tefillah is what? Yisairuhim elav, us being awakened towards God. Yiskarvulo, approaching God. Vivakshuvan, and seeking God. Being mavakesh, requesting, but not requesting goodies, requesting God. Ukavi yisairusu amloi, directly, in direct correlation to the degree that we are aroused to God, awakened to God, interested in God, to that degree we receive from God. If we will not be reaching out to God, we won't bring down this pipeline of Hashem's reciprocal giving and bestowing back to us. Yeah, okay, before that, that's the, before we can wrap up the paragraph, there's three more lines where he wraps this paragraph up. So before we go on, let, let's stop for a moment, let's dwell on this and try to understand what tefillah is. So Ramachal just told us that tefillah, the exercise of tefillah, is an exercise in Yisairu Elav, Yiskarvu Loi, and Yivak Shufanov. Three specific and distinct things. They have to be distinct things that can't be the same thing. If you read it quickly, it sounds like the same thing. Three times in a row. We have to be awakened to God. We have to approach God. We have to seek God. So it's awakening, approaching, seeking. That seems to be synonymous. Synonymous, but it's not. <clears throat> and let's explain them one at a time. And let's give ourselves a good understanding, hopefully, from this point onward, of what davening really is all about. And again, what 
could be a better time to do this than on Zayis Chanukah, the final day of Chanukah. We have one more Alanisim coming up. One final Alanisim that we're going to say this afternoon. One final opportunity <clears throat> to beseech Hashem, implore Hashem with our tefillahs to daven before God on this day of Chanukah, these days of Chanukah, the culmination of Chanukah, which is about that tefillah. And we have an opportunity to take what we're going to learn about this morning and put that into our final tefillah of Chanukah and Zoyz Chanukah and make that chitum, make that close of Chanukah. Coming into the close, uh, a beautiful, beautiful davening, a beautiful Shemana Ezrei, an enriched Shemana Ezrei, hopefully, which will stand and represent our entire Chanukah. So, what is davening all about? What's his oiru elav, what's his karvu, and what's yavakshu fun of? Yisairu Eilov, let's start with Yisairu Eilov. Yisairu Eilov <clears throat> literally means to be awakened to God, to be aroused, aroused Eilov towards God. And what that means, that's the first step of Tefillah, and that means, first and foremost, there has to be an interest, an interest in having a relationship with Hashem. To be interested and having a personal relationship with Hashem. Hashem is certainly very much interested in having a personal relationship with me. Exactly like that of a parent who longs to have a relationship with their, with their son, a relationship with their child. Doesn't want just to be the, um, you know, Daddy Warbucks. Doesn't just want to be the, um, you know, the uh, unemployment agency that gives their child unemployment checks every month. No, he wants a relationship. The parent longs to have something to do with the child. And he's waiting to see the child have that interest in him. That's Yisoyru Elov, that first and foremost, we are interested in not just Hashem, we're interested in having a relationship with Hashem. Hashem is a presence in our lives. Hashem is a presence in our minds. Now, Hashem is a presence in our hearts. Hashem is a presence. And a presence that piques me, that engages me. So that requires, you know, really two things. Seeing that there's a concept called Hashem, Hashem is there. Hashem is there. And, wow, Hashem is there. I'd love to have a relationship with Hashem. A recognition of Hashem and an interest in a relationship with Hashem. Like a child who thought all of his life that he, he was an orphan, and he's told one morning, you know, you were lost at birth, and your parents have been looking for you for 40 years, and here's the numbers of your birth parents. Um, I'm sure they would love to hear from you. I'm sure they would love to hear from you, get a phone call from you. So a kid who thought he was an orphan suddenly finds out that as parents, first and foremost, he's in awareness, wow, I have a parent. I'd love, I'd love to have a relationship with that parent. That's Yisara A love, just the interest, the interest. That's the first step of davening, and that's part of davening, is having an interest in a relationship with the Rebbeinu Shalalem. I, I have an interest. I have an interest. Okay? So that comes before I even address God, before I talk to God, before I communicate with God. I recognize that there is a God, I recognize what it means that there's a God, and I have an interest in, in having a relationship. I'm longing to have this relationship. That's the first step of tefillah. And that's happening more or less in the mind. That's the kavana. Kavana of, um, <clears throat> of um, 
building the backdrop to the, the, the second and third ideas that the Ramchal is about to tell us. The first step is just building the backdrop, the background, and the foundation over here. I recognize, A, that there is a concept called God, and B, I would love to have a relationship. I would love to have something to do with Hashem. I really want to have something to do with Hashem. And, you know, it sounds like a simple thought, and it is a simple thought, but it's not something that necessarily we walk around with. Are we walking around with this? Are we walking around 24-7 with God as a presence, with an interest, a longing, a yearning to have a relationship with God? Not necessarily. But in Davening Shmon Esrei, we stop and we pause, and we dwell on what it means that there's Hashem, and we would love to have a relationship with Hashem. Okay. Second one. Yizkar Vuloi. Yizkar Vuloi, the second step in Tefillah, is to, now that I know that there's Hashem, and I know what Hashem is, and I'm yearning to have that relationship, so I am trying to do something about it. I'm trying to do something about that relationship. Yizkar Vuloi. I am doing whatever I can to approach him, to get close to him. That's the second step that's built off of the first step. The first step, there was no movement yet, and certainly no communication yet. No communication and no movement. Um, the second step, the first step is all about the mindset. The mindset and the, the interest. The first step is about the interest, let's call it, you know, the mindset and then, then the interest. Interest. The second step is about the movement. The movement of I want to try to capitalize on that, on that interest, capitalize on that mindset. And I really want to do something about that interest in having a relationship with God. So let me try to have a relationship with God. But if I realize that if I'm going to have a relationship with God, I have to you know, approach God. I can't wait for God to come to me. I'm someone right now who is very distant from God. I've, I've gotten caught up in all kinds of silliness. I've gotten caught up in all kinds of, of, of um, trouble that takes me away from God, and if I'm really interested about in having a relationship with God, i got to do something about it. It's got to start from my end of things. It's got to start with me. And it comes down to me. And if I wait for God, then I'm not really interested in a relationship. If I wait for God. Then I'm this petulant, sulking kid who's saying, well, you know, my tati cares about me, he's going to call me up. Okay, well, good luck, kid. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. But if a, a kid does not want to be immature, if he doesn't want to sulk, doesn't want to be petulant, and he really wants a relationship with his dad, he'll do whatever he can to have a relationship with his dad. He'll go out of his way to his dad. He'll come on his, on his knees. He'll get down on his knees and knock at his dad's door and say, Dad, I apologize. I did things that got you upset. I, I didn't listen. I wasn't a good son. But I really am yearning. I'm longing to have a relationship with you. I'm coming to greet you. He's coming to meet his father on his father's terms. That's Yizkarvu love. The next step in Tefillah, again, before we even get to any communication, we're not getting to any talking yet. There's no spoken words yet. Yizkarvu love is building off of the interest. I have an interest, simple interest in, in having something to do with God. I am now realizing that if I want to um, have something to do with Hashem, I have to approach Hashem. I have to kind of leave behind the mundane life that I lead. I have to leave behind all the schmutz, I have to leave behind all the trouble that I'm in, and I have to raise myself above that, raise my existence above that, leave all that behind, all these anchors that drag me down and pull me away, hold me back from bonding with God, and approach God on God's terms. That's his car. Okay, everybody got that? That's the movement, the approach. There's the interest, and then the approach. That's the second step of davening. 
I haven't said any words yet. There hasn't been any spoken words yet. The second step of davening is just approaching Hashem, the approach. <clears throat> and finally, be vakshu fun of, I seek the face of God. I seek the face of God. What does that mean? It sounds very mysterious, very cryptic. Seeking the face of God. What does it mean to seek the face of God? Well, I have an interest in that relationship. I'm burning with this, 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 this yearning to have something to do with Hashem. I want a relationship with Hashem. I want to have something to do with God. And I realize I have to, I have to make the moves. I have to make the movement. I have to approach God. And now I'm seeking the face of God. <clears throat> well, what's that supposed to mean? So here's where we have the third and final step of tefillah. Seeking the face of God means, means um, again, it's not requests. It doesn't say yevakshu tzrochav, making requests for your needs, being mavakish your needs. It says to be mavakish the face of God. The face of God means I'm looking to be awash. I'm looking to be inundated. I'm looking to be on the receiving end of God's light and God's presence and God's interest. I'm looking to receive that. Vivakshu Fonov. I want to be, I'm not giving God a wish list of everything that I need. I just want to be, after I do my part to approach God, I want to be in a state of Ha'oris Panam. I want to be facing God face to face. I want to approach God and have God there after I approach Hashem. I want to have an approach culminate with me standing before God face to face, not coming into the office, coming to the office and finding the door locked, or opening the door and finding God with his back to me on the phone with somebody else. That's, I don't want that. That would be very disappointing. If you, make, if you don't make it to the office altogether, it's extremely disappointing if they don't, let, they don't buzz you in. Even if they buzz you in, and you see the CEO, God, is turned around from you, he's on the phone with somebody else, it's also extremely disappointing. It's such a crusher. That's the Yavakshu fun of, I want to come in and I want to see God facing me. This is the final step of tefillah. That's the appeal. Not the appeal, that's the communication. How do you have this guarantee that you can have an interest in, in God, approach God, and then after you approach God, you're standing face-to-face with God <clears throat> by addressing the face of God, by making myself as much as I can in, in a place where I am engaged with Hashem's face, as it were, addressing Hashem's face, so to speak, and therefore face-to-face with Hashem. How does one do that? How do you put yourself in a place where you're addressing Hashem's face? By, by addressing what, it, what, what, what that means that Hashem is facing the Bria and acknowledging what that means that Hashem is facing the Bria. And that's really the, the culmination and the knack, we would say. The knack of tefillah is the acknowledgement of the fact that everything... including myself, is coming directly from Hashem. Everything is an extension of Hashem. And the Hashem that I'm addressing, that I'm privileged to address, that I'm privileged to have a relationship with, is um, totally and completely the benefactor and the source of the entirety of creation. And if I articulate that to Hashem, then I am facing Hashem. 
that I'm facing Hashem. Hashem's face is synonymous with Hashem's radiance, which is synonymous with Hashem's beneficence, which is Hashem constantly giving and supplying. If I, in Shemona Esrei, in Tefillah, I can acknowledge that, I can talk about that, I can articulate that, then I'm indeed facing Hashem face to face, because that is what the face of Hashem is, Hashem's beneficence. Okay, so that's a mouthful. Let's try to now, now that we've heard that in a, in a more elaborate sense, let's try to hear that in a more, you know, encapsulated, summarized sense. Tefillah consists of three components, each one built off of the previous. It's Yisoyru, Yiskarvu, and Yivakshufanov. Tefillah consists of first, just understanding what Hashem is and having an interest. I, I have an interest in, <clears throat> I have an interest in, um, having a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I really want to have a relationship. My life as it is, devoid of Hashem, my life is, is lacking. My life is missing something. My life is lonely. Like this orphan. He's lonely. And he finds out he has parents. Gavald, I want to have a relationship with that parent. That's the first step. I want a relationship with God. The second step is understanding that I have to Approach God. I got to seek God. I have to leave things behind. I have to elevate myself if I'm going to want to do something about that relationship, if I want to have that relationship. And the third step is, ultimately, what does it mean to have that relationship? You have actual fun of to stand in the presence of God himself, as it were. Standing in the presence of God means acknowledging that everything is Hashem's, everything is coming from Hashem. If I'm doing that, then I'm really capitalizing on the first two steps. Um, And according to the degree that I'm able to do all three steps, that's how I receive now in, 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 in due kind from Hashem. Hashem reciprocates to me. Then Hashem is definitely is giving me. And that makes a lot of sense because I'm acknowledging everything is Hashem's and I've approached God. So of course Hashem is giving back to me. We could, if we want, put these three components into... Uh, we can make our Shemona a little bit more practical at this point. Let's, let's, let's step sideways for a moment. Let's step sideways, but more than stepping sideways, let's take three steps back and three steps forward. The Ramachal gave us three steps in Shemona Esrei. Tfilah is about Yisairu, Yiskarvu, and Yivakshu Fanov. And only the third step is, is, is the communication, is talking to God, speaking to God. That only shows up in the third step. Until that, I'm not even speaking to God. So where do we find these in our Shemona How can I put that into our Shemona We want to make this very practical. The fourth section of the Ramchal, of Derech Hashem, is supposed to be very practical. We want to put this into this afternoon's Mincha Shemona Esri. We want to be able to have this in our Mincha this afternoon, in our final Alanisim. So where do we have the Yisoyru, the Yiskarvu, and Yivakshu? Yisoyru, I, I, I have an interest. I realize that there's, Hashem is a presence, something that's lacking in my life. My life as it is. Um, is, is, is lonely, is empty. I have an interest in having a relationship with the Rebbeinah Shalaylam. That's my three steps back. My three steps back is I'm leaving my, 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 my lowly life. I'm, I'm walking out of life as it is. I take three steps back because my life, the way it is right now, is lacking, is lonely. I have to leave this life behind. When I take my three steps back, I'm thinking to myself that, that you know, life is so empty, so lonely without a connection, without a relationship to the Rebbeinah Shalaylam. I'm yearning for that connection. I'm yearning for Hashem. Again, I'm not even anywhere near Hashem yet. I just have that understanding that I have to, I, I need Hashem in my life, so I have to leave this life behind. That's my three steps back. The next step is Yiskarvoy love. I have to elevate myself, raise myself above the Shemotz, raise myself above this mundane life, above all the trouble that I'm in. 
I have to approach God. If I really want a relationship with God, I have to look to God. I can't wait for God to come to me. I have to do something about it. And that's the real sign and indicator that, that I'm interested in God. That's my three steps forward. Is Yiskarvu, is leaving behind this world and elevating myself to approach HaKosh Baruch That's the Yiskarvu. That's the three, three steps forward. And when I begin talking, that's the final step, is Yivak Shufonov. That begins with Hashem's Fosai Tifta, Hufi I'm beginning by saying even my speech requires God, let alone all the brachas that I'm going to launch into, which we'll get into specific brachas. Uh, that's the declaration that everything is coming from Hashem, everything is dependent on Hashem's beneficence. That's the Yivak Shufonov, the face of God, the radiance of God, that there's nothing but the radiance of God, and everything is coming from the radiance of God. Okay, so beautiful. Here's the place to put those three kavanas into Ershmanes, right? V'hinei, ha'adayin baruchu chayfetz v'raitza shetar betoyvaz bruva v'choz manayim. HaKosh Baruchu wants to constantly be giving shafa and constantly be giving different types of shafa and constantly, constantly be giving us radiance and beneficence that we need that's custom tailored for that particular time of our life, for this particular day, for the morning, for the afternoon, for the evening. Therefore, the Rebbein Shalom has established this process of tefillah on a daily basis and each day um, customized to what I need that day. To constantly be tailored to the radiance and the divine input that I need on this particular day, at this particular time, for this particular hour, what I need right now. And that's why Hashem gives us this constancy of davening on a daily basis, and it shifts and changes from day to day, from morning to afternoon to evening. The type of tefillah changes, the nature of the tefillah changes, and this it, it, it's it's so um, it's so um, ever present. The the uh, Exercise of davening because our needs of for uh, for uh, that are, that that need to be met by Hashem are always shifting and changing, and therefore Hashem in our our best interest is always giving us is, is gives us constant um, opportunities for tefillah to be constantly making ourselves worthy of the shefa that we need at that particular time that particular moment that particular day. Okay, so that wraps up Aleph, but I just want to say one more idea, like a Hanukkah idea that ties into Tefillah, ties into Aleph, that ties into very much today's introduction. So you see, the, the basis of Tefillah, the basis of davening, comes down to three very succinct and very fundamental ideas over here. And, and they're all about being um, directed towards Hashem and nothing but besides Hashem. Have a yearning for a relationship with, with God, turning towards God, and seeing God as the one and only source of, of everything, and having a yearning, a real interest in that, to, and, and desire, a burning desire to have a relationship with God, leaving everything behind so I can approach God, so I can act on that relationship, so I can receive a result of that relationship. That's what davening is all about. We know that when you didn't find other sources, other outlets, that's what we call other, that's what we call it by desire. If a yid finds another place that he's yearning to connect with, another source that he feels will grant his requests, something else that he gets excited about, that he gets excited about, that replaces God, and that, again, that's what we always refer to as Avodah That's simple, right? That's in a very straightforward idea. What does this have to do with Hanukkah? <coughs> I would like to say that it has nothing to do with Hanukkah, but unfortunately, 
may have something to do with Hanukkah, Rabbi Yisrael. I don't know. I mean, Hanukkah, but this could be a generalized schmooze that, that we could always have, but we can definitely tie in with Hanukkah. I heard an idea going around that uh, what should you do if you want all your prayers granted, or you want all re- your requests given to you. It's, a, it's an idea that's being said over. Take a pet deck, a piece of paper, write down a kvittel. They call it kvittel. Write down all your requests. What, what do we want? We want parnasa. We want health. We want nachas from our children. We want all the goodness, all the richness in life. Write it all down on a kvittel, a little note, fold it up, and put it under your menorah. Put it under your menorah and leave it under your menorah. And leave it under your menorah. What you say is the very last day of Hanukkah. Yeah, why did you say Leave it under your menorah. Put it under your menorah. And put it under your menorah and leave it under your menorah till next year Hanukkah. And, and someone told me, and someone mentioned this at a, at a gathering. It was mentioned at a gathering. I don't want to give too many details away over here. It was mentioned at a gathering. And the person who said this over said, I did this last year. And I kept the, the, the little note there all year round. And I came this year. I picked up my menorah, opened up the, the, the kvittel. And I looked at it because every single one of my requests came true. Now, we're chuckling, we're laughing. I think that's silly. But Rabbi Yisai, it's not, it's not just, you know, it's not just the menorah where people get caught up in this kind of thing. And people have this idea that if you go to the kaisel, you go to the kotel, you write everything you want in the kotel, you put it on a piece of paper and stick it into... These racks at the Kaisel, the wish list, sticking to the stones at the Kaisel, Givaldic, you know, and I came back the next year, everything that I wrote down came true. So, yes, yeah, it's silly when we talk about the matter, but this, well, I'm not making this up. Someone said this over publicly, and they said, last year I wrote up all my, I, I took up the pet deck this year, and I looked at that pet deck, and everything that I wrote down that note, everything came true. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, yeah, again, the Menorah makes it sound a little bit silly, maybe, but when you put this in perspective, there's a lot of other places where this is, which is quite popular, even if people aren't running through this with the Menorah, they, they do this by the Kaisal, they do this by, they'll go to, uh, you know, Reb Shiloh from Karastir, and they'll put notes, their petex. And I remember when I was living in Erso, we lived not that far from the caver of Reb Arya Levin. And everyone davens by Reb Arya Levin. Charedi, Chiloni, Chosid, Litvak, alike, Sfardi, Ashkenazi, Ashkenazi, Shayidin, and the Sfardi, and everybody goes to Reb Arya Levin. And I saw this, it got worse and worse and worse year by year by year. You know, people would leave petex there, and then as people started, you know, petex can fly away in the wind, in the wind, these little pieces of paper. So people starting, people would write it like on a, on a take a ceramic tile. Ceramic tile, they would write their name on a ceramic tile and put it on this cover. And people started taking roof shingles. I'm not making this up. Roof shingles. And it came to the point that one of our last few years that I went to Davin there for Shana, and it was like, was, 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 it was a landfill. The Kever of Ari Levin had become a landfill, of, a, a literal, veritable landfill of just like debris, debris, roof shingles, and, 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 and tiles, and kvitlach. What did Ari Levin do to deserve this? They made his caver into a landfill. So that's, you know, I, I put my, write my name on a roof shingle, write a list of requests on a roof shingle, I, 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 I dump it on his, on his gravesite, and that's what's going to give me Yeshua's. But a lot of people seem to believe this. And this was said over right now about the Menorah, Rabbi Zayt. I'm going to stop short of saying, is Avodah Zara? I'm going to say this approach is Avodah Zara. This kind of a, a mentality, this kind of an attitude that, that you know, you write your name on a piece of paper and put it somewhere, whether it's under the menorah or even if it's in the Kaisal HaMaravi or on a, the, the kever of a tzaddik, that's what's going to give you Yeshua's. Where'd that come from? 
who, who, who's the Baal Yeshua and the Baal Nechavos? HaKadosh Baruch Hu. God is the one that takes care of us. God is the one that grants requests. And we want to, we have one tool and one tool that, we're, that we, we are aware of, one tool that's been shared with us. That tool is tefillah. You want something from God, you pray to God. What does it mean to pray to God? To seek God, to look for God, to make yourself to make yourself worthy of receiving from God, to find God on God's terms, and to address God. When you're told to write your name on a piece of paper and put it under the menorah, who are you addressing? You're addressing the menorah. You're addressing the menorah. You're addressing the, the racks there at the Kosel. You're addressing this, the, the, you know, Rib Shailo, that, that uh, maybe, I don't know what you're addressing over there. But, but uh, where, where's God? What happened to God? But God told you you have to put your name on a piece of paper, write a wish list, and put it under the menorah? Put it into the, the kaisel? God said a very simple idea. Come, daven to me. Pray to me. Seek me and find me. And you don't need a menorah to do that. You don't need a kvittel to do that. You don't need racks to do that. You don't need kivrei tzadikim to do that. All you need is a mind and a mouth. And you can do that wherever you are, anytime, any place. To do otherwise, to get caught up in other things, is Rabbi Yisai, that's drifting outside Yiddishkeit. That, that's drifting somewhere very dangerous. You know, and it's like, we've talked about this in the past, it's like it's the same people, the same mentality that on the night of Rosh Hashanah, what's going to give us a good year? It's the apple and the honey. It's the head of the fish. And we're appealing to the, the fish head. And if we get the right apple with the right honey, it's going to give us a good year. So, you know, that's maybe the same mentality as I've put my name under the menorah, I'm going to have a good year, a year of all my prayers answered. We've mentioned in the past, whenever this has come up, and the Mishabru says this already, from the, from the, from the Svarim HaKadoshim, that it's not the apple and the honey that's giving me a good year. It's not the fish head. It's the kavana behind the apple and the honey. It's thinking about Hashem and addressing Hashem using the, 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 the fish head and the apple and the honey is just a focal point. It's a means of focusing on God, understanding that it's really Hashem behind the scenes. Hashem made sweetness. Hashem made the concept of a leader, leadership. So Hashem bestowed that upon me, conferred that sweetness upon me. Not the apple and the honey. Um, it's not the head of the fish. It's not the menorah. It's not the racks. It's the tefillah that I pray at those racks. That's what's holy. That's what's sacred, and that's what gives me results. So, um, <clears throat> you know, the tzaddikim of yesteryear, when they needed Yeshua's, were not told that they wrote their names on a piece of paper and they left it somewhere. We're not told that they... Um, that they put the petek into the to the kaisel to receive Yeshua's. We're told that Yitzchak and Rivka daven Baruch Hu. That's how they got results. They didn't put a petek under the menorah. You know, they each one stood in their corner. They daven to the Rebbeinu Shalaylam. That's how they got results. And Vezer Hashem Baruch, taking all the lessons of, of davening forward, we should daven properly to Hashem always, and we should get wonderful, amazing, sweet results from Hashem always. Afelich and Chanukah.